Hey everybody, Andrew here. And lately in the world of the kids we minister to and the kids you parent, we're all seeing and sensing, well, a lot of tough stuff that just seems to be difficult to talk about. There seems to be a constant barrage of different and competing ideologies and values being preached to them by TV shows, the news, their friends, their schools, their churches, politicians, social media. And it seems nearly impossible to escape any of it. In the words of John Mark Comer, we hardly can remember a day when we didn't have infinity in our front right pocket. Well, instead of trying to run away from any of these tough issues, hoping they just disappear, we want to dig in and grow a godly understanding of the culture we swim in and provide resources, perspectives, and godly principles that can equip us parents and leaders to be able to have a well-informed dialogue with our students and begin to tackle these issues of our day head on. Here we go. Telios, a podcast by Grace Student Ministries, designed to encourage and equip parents and leaders as they make mature disciple makers of the next generation. For more resources, check out the show notes. We're glad to have you here. Let's get going. Well, hey guys, we are glad to be back with you on these hot topics that we believe that you really should engage your kids on, and we just want to start the conversation. Today we have our youth staff with us, so Kara. Hey. Hello. And Andrew. Hello. Hey. And I'm John. And we are so excited to engage you on the talk. The Cue the dun-dun-dun. We can fix that in post. (laughs) All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, this is... The topic that historically, classically, it's the conversation that parents just don't look forward to with their kids. Uh, Kids might not look forward to it with their parents. Yeah, that too. And uh, we want to engage the topic of sex with you today as you think about how do you have this conversation with your kids. And really, it's not the talk. It really should be multiple talks. It's it's an ongoing conversation. And yet, I think a lot of us are just kind of apprehensive about where do you go with it? It just seems so um, convoluted. It seems so uh, in-depth on all the different directions you could go with it. And so we've actually broken up uh, this topic into two parts. And we'll do the next part uh, the next time, which will deal more with distortions and deviations of where... Uh, the whole sexual realm goes and how we need to delve into those things, kind of preparing our students, but also engaging them when they do struggle in different uh, issues and struggles. But today we want to talk about the positive side, the the topic that really all parents should engage their kids on and uh, point them to the biblical worldview, the right model, and really help their kids have a right understanding of sex. Parents, this is a hard conversation, but it's a Mm -hmm. conversation that God has ordained for you to have with your kids. And so we want to get the conversation started today. Kara, why don't you start us out with wrapping our minds around how do you even get going with this conversation and where might it go astray? Yeah, I think a good way to start often is kind of almost like a what not to do. Um, I think a lot of times we see 
um, the sex talk and maybe even experienced, I think all three of us have experienced it not going perfect and not going well. And so what um, can kind of go wrong? And I think there's, um, in, in our Christian circles, I think we can say there's two big things that happen. Either it's taboo and it's not talked about at all, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or that sex is bad and you should just, it's only for marriage and I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's bad, 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 marriage, good. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then and it's then like, so flip it. Yeah. what do kids do with that? Don't even so, look at a girl. Right. Don't do it. I think, I mean, so, and not, I'm we're not, not saying, making eye contact with Kara right now, if yeah. you were wondering. <laughs> we're not saying that that's what every parent is doing in our youth group right now, because I definitely don't think that. But I think when we look at the extreme mm-hmm. of it all, like we can see um, a tendency or, or a want to do that, to avoid it or to just save our kids and prevent our kids mm-hmm. from yeah. engaging in something, yeah. but without fully explaining it and not fully thinking. So yeah. um, wrapping our heads around it. Makes, it. it makes me think about the, uh, the, the mantra, the uh, no purpling, you know, the, the summer camp yeah. mantra. That's right. That's it like, kind of becomes a joke of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, it always evolved. Like it, it, I remember the first time I heard it, it really felt like, I was like, whoa, this is established. Yeah. Like people are all people behind know this. What it was a, it was a, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Boys are blue, girls are pink. No. And when they combine, that yep, equals purple, purple. So they shouldn't combine at this point. Yeah. Which right, is probably right. good, but yeah. yeah, it's a little confusing too. But at the same time, then it, it, it could become either ignored. That's bad. Yeah. But then overblown too, where like you see, you, like if a guy has a conversation with a girl at summer camp or something, all of his friends are like, you're purpling. Oh, you know, and one of them might tackle him or something, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that actually happened multiple times yeah. maybe that'll be on another podcast but so it can get way off track all <laughs> exactly. that to say yeah and maybe your experience as a parent is when you were little it got way off track with you and your parents and so yeah take us through it care how can it go wrong and then maybe give us an insight about how it could go right yeah so i think i mean those two big ways of of not talking about it um avoidant um leaves kids curious and i mean they're they're going to be exposed to it out in the world um and so not having any conversation on it could go wrong um, and that your kids are getting information from someone that may not be as reliable source or as trusted or even as true as what the Bible says. And then I think too, talking about it in a negative way and saying, Hey, this is only for marriage. This is only like, there are, there are rules to this. And this is like a, a bad thing outside of marriage, which there is some truth to, but I think that also just, uh, leaves kids with some hostility and also a little bit of brokenness because what if that's not their experience? What if? Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that um, yeah. later on in this podcast. But I think what we see with when it comes to avoiding or um, talking negative about ne- talking negatively about it is that we see kids that enter their sexual world with hostility or naivety or just unmet curiosity and and what that can lead to. Um, is damaging or is confusing and um can we just say i mean i would think that every kid at some point is going to be curious about sex yeah so because we are i mean we are sexual beings and that's part of god's creation for us and so yeah to um deal with it other than how god deals with it i think is off track and so i think if we look at the bible and we get all of our our um, content of our, our sex talk from scripture, we're going to have such a better picture and a more um, clear, and it's, there's still going to be boundaries and maybe there's still going to be some pushback to what scripture says. But if you start where 
God starts and what sex is designed for and how we are designed, um, I think that's such a better um, foundation. So kind of going into that, um, we see sex as a gift from God. And we see in scripture that not only does it have purposes and it has like kind of effects like mm-hmm. procreation. I mean, the first man be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Like we get babies from from that. And that's a good thing. And God has created it that way. Yeah. But then also just the image of union and intimacy, this whole idea of two becoming one and all the things that that implies and, and reflecting God and um, all those things. And all this stuff is linked to marriage. So I think you can, when you talk about it in the context of biblical sex it is within the context of marriage always and so a lot of the concepts are inseparable Mm -hmm. Um, right Mm -hmm. but i also want to make a comment too before we go any further of like this idea that um like sex is for marriage does not mean that sex or marriage is the end goal for the christian like this Mm. is all great like we we do want to have a right view of sex but i think starting too of saying like Hey, you don't just get married to have sex. Yeah. I think number that, one. Yeah. Oh, keep you can no. keep going, keep going. And then and then number two, it's like you can be you can honor God and love God and and live a full Christian life without marriage and sex. Like mm. and so posing that to our kids too, and not having it be the end all be all, um, as as well as a right view of sex. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen in my uh, world and circles one of the problems that making it taboo is is that it becomes the, it's like this big monster that grows in the shadows you know don't mm. don't look at it don't talk about it until it's so enormous that it feels like the the most important thing sex mm. is the pinnacle everything it's the penultimate ever you know whatever yeah. and it's it's the point of life it's the point of whatever and a lot of that i think is just because you know it, it, it's something that you can't talk about per se or it's something that's um, it's mysterious. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, kind of we like, I mean, it. for a lot of people, you know, they find that there's nowhere near as much temptation to drink alcohol once they become of age, you know, mm. because it's no longer that. Not this you, forbidden, yeah, hidden this thing. Yeah, mystery. Yes. You know, or, or that yeah. gamified kind of kind of thing where it's like, ooh, you know, he's going to he's gonna drink, you know, whatever. But like once it's, once it's brought into its context, it's not as powerful mm. if i can say yeah so it's ta- so what we're saying is it's taken an elevated position in our culture for sure and right. we'll talk about that next week a little bit more where kids are just bombarded with sex probably more so than any other generation in all of history so they're in a unique time period and then you couple that with parents some parents who don't want to talk about it right and kara tell us i mean what what does that set kids up for if we have culture saying sex, sex, sex all the time and distorted views of it. And parents say, well, we really don't want to talk about that. What's going to happen with kids? I mean, they're going to go to their friends. They're going to go to the sources of the world. And so they might be confused of like, oh, is it good or is it bad? I don't, I don't know. And then it's kind of down to themselves and I'm going to explore it for myself and find out for myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I like we are. You said it earlier, John, we're we're so curious. Yeah. You combine that. that, You combine that with puberty hormones yeah and also the public uh, school bus <laughs> and also undeveloped brains so their right. prefrontal cortex is not giving them good wisdom and prudence and, right. and so they're just plowing forward like into the, the unknown. switch isn't yeah. quite there yet. that's right yeah that's right and so this is a very important topic for parents to engage the kids on and i love what you said kara is 
sharing the good about sex because I think historically speaking, it kind of is. is Sex is bad, 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 bad. Mm -hmm. And then once you get married, it's good and you should be all about it. But actually your brain has been developed up to that point to, to just think, no, sex is bad. It's dirty. It's wrong. Right. And so it's really hard to flip the switch later on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and I think that's just, yeah, one way that um, having the ongoing conversation is so crucial mm. is to, yeah, highlight the the good in its proper context. And so I think ultimately sex and marriage and all of it is create everything we do. It's created for God's glory. And so and yeah. especially sex. And so I think that's the the first thing. And that's the that's the main purpose is God's glory. Um and so like some of the things I already mentioned, but just this idea that we are created male and female, like that's something that we get to experience whether we're married or not. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're a male, yeah. then you're a male. And, and that's, there's a reason for that. And there's a reason for our femaleness. Um, and, and this idea of, of intimacy and closeness that sex brings not only to the married couple, but to their relationship with God right. and, and, and the people around them. Right. And that's, you know, and, and obviously in this context, just again, seeing that sex in its proper light is a private thing. I'm talking about the act of sex is a private thing, but it's not a shameful thing. Right. It's not a dirty thing in the context of marriage. And yet when we've been conditioned in a certain way, if we haven't talked about it in the right way, it can actually damage our marriage, but it can also come across in a negative light towards others too, as we're just not... Um, demonstrating the sec- the healthy sexuality that God has given us as well. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that, um, so these are just ways, I guess, to be engaging your children on what is the, the good gift that God has given us in sex and what is the right view of it is that it shows us Jesus. It's like um, I was doing some research on this and looking at um, this one desiring article desiring God article that we'll, we'll definitely link that one. Cause it was just so beautifully said of the representation of like the incarnation of, of both the spiritual and the physical coming together. And it's like, it does, it, it's supposed to point us back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that um, like Jesus tabernacled with us or well, God tabernacled with us and Jesus tabernacled with us in himself. Like that. Mm-hmm. And, and sex is a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. And it's also a point of redemption. Like, we're, we're, I don't think anybody's coming to the table when they get married without any sexual brokenness. And so mm-hmm. to, to view sex as an, another outpouring of, of mercy and forgiveness and, and coming towards each other mm-hmm. in, in that brokenness, um, I think is, is beautiful. And, it, and it's a, a good representation of sex within the safe context of marriage. And when it's outside of that context, you, you don't have that. You have more brokenness. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's a good point. Um, and then also just to, to just touch on this, cause this article talked about too, it's like, it's a reflection of the mystery of one plus one equals one and like <laughs> what all that entails in who God is. And just like the beautiful picture that we get that two separate people can com- become, can come together and still remain whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so our culture is really stripping sex of its value almost is what you're saying. Cause when mm. we, that's when it, we don't see absolutely. it yeah, as God created it. And it just becomes a meaningless act of temporary pleasure and self-indulgence. Yeah. That's such a low view of sex. So much so. And that can really be devastating. One, might, one would easily argue and way less enjoyable. 
Yes. Yeah, it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't satisfy. Um, and I think another thing to mention when you talk about sex is a good gift from God um, is that God approves of sex that I think a lot of times what? with the taboo and the <laughs> like God, God, God wants that I within mean, his he, he uh, made it up <laughs> he, he yeah he designed anatomy he designed how children were to be made and um and he he gave us um he gave us pleasure and joy in it and yeah. so and to not shy away from yes we it is the safe context of marriage and and there are boundaries that god has placed on it just like he does with a lot of things but ultimately it does it it is good and it is it does provide pleasure and so it doesn't um, make him act, blush doesn't no, make god blush <laughs> the act itself is glorifying to god yes, and yeah. and knowing that not, it's not just the ends to a means or means to an ends what yeah. is it whatever it is yeah but that it, the the act itself is not dirty or shameful like you were talking about before and so yeah. um and we see that in song of solomon i mean that kind of fills in the gaps of this whole idea of it's it's not mentioned once in Song of Solomon about procreating, about having babies. It's all about enjoying each other the union. and enjoying God mm-hmm. and, and honoring and loving God through the union mm-hmm. of man and wife. So with all that to be said, when you talk to your kids about sex as a good gift from God, um, the goal, the end goal is that the kids will enter a se- their sexual world with respect, knowledge, and thankfulness of like a thankful view of what sex is and um so ultimately that's that is the goal we're, we're gonna mess it up and that's that's the part of the ongoing conversation but yeah. um let's go kind of a little bit back and talk about that taboo bad side and the gap that maybe we know what scripture says is good mm-hmm. but why do we sometimes see it not played out always this way yeah, those are good thoughts. Um, and again, we're not we're not here to shame or guilt anyone who's listening, and we don't want to throw our parents under the bus too, because we realize parents are trying to do their best, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a tough subject. Um, even though we shouldn't feel shame on it, we do feel, I think, awkwardness and embarrassment. And so, um, I, we I just want to reiterate with what Kara said. I think when we proactively engage our kids in the right way on sex, it actually is going to have such a more beneficial trajectory for them mm-hmm. in regards to sex, and it actually will help them to avoid some of the pitfalls that we'll talk about next time. And so this is really important, but let's just tackle some of these things that you guys probably already realize, but those are some hindrances to engaging the conversation. So obviously the number one reason why we don't have the talk and like i said it should be talks it should be (laughs) multiple talks an ongoing conversation the main reason is fear or discomfort which ultimately comes down to pride right because it becomes more about me and what would make me feel out of place rather than doing what's right and so it's a me-oriented thing Uh, a lot of times you know people are just they don't know what to say you know they're they're kind of unsure. How do I engage this topic? What's the right time of the day to do it? Oh, man. Um, you know, one of the questions that you might be wondering is what what's the right age to begin it? And we have some, you know, resources in the show notes that can help you. But I think that fear or that discomfort can hinder us from ever getting around to it. That You mean to actually finding the resources or to, to even just starting? To even just starting the All conversation because we just... 
we'll make up one excuse after another. We don't want to make them feel awkward. We feel awkward with it. So we would rather not talk about it. Or if we do talk about it, talk about it very briefly or just slide a book across the table or put it on their bed when they're (laughs) not there. Yeah. All right. Covered it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so it just becomes this thing that we, um, we actually teach them in that regard that this is awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's shameful Mm. to talk about Mm. because kids want to talk to us about everything when they're little, my kids, you know, they're nothing's off limits. But us saying, we'll talk about all these other topics, but we're not going to cover sex. We'll automatically put this aura over the topic totally. of sex to say this is dirty, shameful. It's like we Kara said, it's taboo. This. We don't yeah. talk. Um, and so that's that's a big one. Um, I would say the next one might be ignorance or assumptions where you might say, I had the talk already or our school did it or maybe the church even maybe that's their role. Maybe the church is supposed to do some kind of purity talk or something. And so uh, we might say, even my kids don't have questions about it. They're not coming to me. I would talk to them if they wanted to, (laughs) but they haven't come up to me and asked me about it. So I think they must be good, right? Uh, It could be as bad as they'll figure it out. <laughs> oh man. Oh, they'll they'll figure it out. It, it's I, technically I mean, not wrong. They will. They eventually. will figure yeah. it out. They might go through several pitfalls and maybe you're thinking for yourself like, well, my parents never really talked to me well about it and I stumbled through and figured it out. Um but really that's not the best way. And no. so we really need to live in reality. We need to understand that even kids as early as 8, 9, 10 are already hearing about sex yep. that even on a very low level at school, they're they're hearing about it. I think I, we'll talk about more statistics next time. Well, yeah, I, I have one from Covenant Eyes. It's, Go ahead. It was, yeah. I, I, I hope I get it right. Um, it's I think thirty four percent of kids um, are introduced to pornography hmm. before they become a teenager. So that's before they're uh, by age 12. twelve. Yeah, by twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's not surprising. Thirty four percent. That's a huge yeah. number, man. And probably a number of them are not looking for it either. No, yeah. It just pops up in their face. Like I said, this is we're in a more sexually saturated culture than ever before. And more mm-hmm. sexually available, right? That's right. We don't even have to go somewhere for it. It can come to us through our phones, through our computers, mm-hmm. TVs, all that kind of stuff. And so I think just saying, boy, we'll figure it out, or they'll figure it out, or I gave them a book on the biology of it, they should be good to go. That's just not sufficient. And in mm. fact, the problem is, is kids can tell when we're being real and we're being authentic and when mm-hmm. we're not. They got a sixth sense for it, man. Yeah. We, we, we somehow fool ourselves into thinking that everything is fine. And, and really, kids will just go underground with that topic. Mm-hmm. And like I think one of you said, they will go searching it out. It's not hard to Google mm. no. sex. No. <laughs> you just type it in and... <laughs> And, and now we're even seeing in, in school systems, they want to teach little kids, like five-year-olds, about sex and all the distortions of it as well. And so I, I think our encouragement to you is, maybe it's a warning slash encouragement, your kids are going to hear about this topic. They're going to get information. Our question to you as parents is, wouldn't you want to be the first ones? The gatekeeper. Out of the, mm-hmm. Yeah, to, have the, to be the gatekeeper and be the first ones out of the gate with the healthy information and the right information. And then constantly talking with them, even though it's awkward, 
mm-hmm. but for the greater good of them finding out this information with from the world. Yeah. Right? Well, and even the practice of just talking about things that are awkward is going to set them up so well because like in life, you have to do that. And it doesn't have to be about sex, but like you're going to have awkward conversations. Yes. You know, much better to be used to it, you know, comfortable in that domain of having an awkward conversation than not. That's right. That's right. And so some of you might be thinking, okay, I've, I've done a really good job at this. I've already been talking to my kids since they were younger and we are having great conversations. And then others on the opposite side of the spectrum might have older teenagers and you've never once had the, the talk, the conversation, you know, you, so, so you might be wondering now, like, okay, where do I begin? If I know that this is the right thing for me to do and it's going to help my kids in the long run, where do I get going? So Andrew, fill us in a little bit, like how do you get started and then how do you continue, which is probably equally as important as getting started. Totally. Yeah. I'll start with in the the wise words of Jeff Ringenberg, who's been on this Mm. podcast. (laughs) Love Jeff. Go check out his episode. Oh my goodness. Um, We'll have him back very soon, hopefully. But um, in his words, you're going to screw it up. Mm. And yep. that's okay. That's okay. Keep going anyways. Because yeah. if the pressure was on you to make this perfect, you know, well, that is not good. <laughs> It'll keep you from having the conversation if yeah, you think absolutely. you have to be perfect. Yeah, 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 totally. It will. It just won't be. It won't be. It will never be. No one's ever will be. And that's right. okay. Right. So um, kind of how I was already saying, it's the, the first step is to embrace the fact that it's going to be awkward, maybe yeah. clunky, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. Secondly, probably, I guess more primarily than that is, is to pray. Ah, like that's good. Seek, <laughs> right? It's so simple, well, it but is. so wise, right? It's it, it always the simplest things are, man, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, to, to really seek out God's wisdom on this. Because again, you can't be downloading your perspectives to your kids if they aren't checked first, mm-hmm. right? Like you, this has to come from God. And, and, and this kind of leads me to my second Kind of, kind of part of this is is observe your own story first. Mm. Um, see in what ways, what ways was sex, um, the world of sexuality even introduced to you? How was that either helpful, damaging, confusing? Yeah. Those kind of things. Really think about that, and, and maybe those are long gone memories. You have to spend some time thinking about. Yeah. Um, and and bringing to the Lord and going, God, I didn't realize I felt this way or thought mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. or I was damaged in this way because of this. Or I felt betrayed because I never knew blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Those things yeah. are so important. And then and then take time to 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 address those things and, and to heal from them too and bring them before the Lord. Sure. Um third is get wisdom from other mentor parents around here. So we have a yeah. you, you could you speak to this for a second, John, the the mentor parent program that we're doing. Yeah. So currently we have the Learneds and the Ringenbergs and Starks who have had kids come up through the youth group and their kids are not super old, but they're through the college years. Mm-hmm. But they still remember what it's like to have those high schoolers and right. preteens. And their main desire is to come alongside you as parents and say, How can we pray for you? How can we offer insight? How can we encourage you? Um you know, parenting is not done in a vacuum. No. And so I think that might reduce the pressure on parents as they're saying, I need to have this conversation, but I feel so alone. Mm. You're not alone. You've got these other mentor parents who can definitely give some great wisdom. Absolutely. Great wisdom and also great sympathy. Yes. Because yeah. did they do it perfect? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and, and that, yeah. man, that's so important. Um, and okay, fourthly, um, would be to take time to talk and be united 
in a plan with your spouse, if at all possible, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. at all possible. Again, like we were saying, marriage is built to be, you know, the two are one, mm-hmm. right? To do this, um, <laughs> to try to then go off on your own mm-hmm. in this massive, this is a massive endeavor to go yeah. try to do it on your own. That's a bad move. Right. It's not going to work out. Um, and, and well, that's all there is to do it. Yeah. And that might um, even help you as you talk with your spouse too and, and hear from the wisdom of mentor parents that you determine, okay, at this age, um, this is what we should engage with our kids. Right. And then maybe save some of this other information until they get a little bit older. Right. And just having the wisdom because kids can't always, you shouldn't just give them everything when they're 10 years old, right? right. There should be some age appropriate <laughs> content, um, but that can help with that as well. Yeah, I think too, like kind of having a plan of like not it's not always mom's job to have the sex talk or always dad's right. job to talk. And right. like and even like if you have male and female kids, it's like, okay, dad gets the boys and mom gets the girls. It's like, no, I think being united, but then mm-hmm. also having it come from because it's like the the uh, a little girl's first uh interaction with masculinity and 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 manhood is her father. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like you would want to learn from the opposite gender too and just to be united, but then yeah, also in in age appropriate ways and in um, just like proper context and yeah. all that. Absolutely, yeah. and again, that's an ideal. We know that out there there are um, single parents and uh, and maybe parents who who don't feel safe having their their spouse um, mm. talk to their kids about these kind of right. things. That's hard. Right. That hard. That's really out there. But again, I would go back to point number three: is that's why we have community at the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Get with those mentor parents. Let them. Uh, give you wisdom and dialogue and, and, and come up with a, with an action plan with something mm-hmm. that goes. Um, and then, and then in that plan, so kind of some sub points under that is, is um, like John was saying earlier, you know, it can be hard to know like what time of day do I do this or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, it's like never do this unplanned, make space for it. Yeah. Make space. Yeah. Um, I, I, John, you threw out some ideas um, before the podcast, go on a hike, you know, or go get ice cream. Make it a mm-hmm. make it a fun thing. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like something um, to alleviate the awkwardness and realize, like, hey, we can enjoy this conversation too. Yep. Right, and that yep. might actually help you with the jitters if you're actually hiking <laughs> or you're doing something with your hands where you can actually be moving yep. too. That's always a benefit. Totally, totally, and, and and all these things just help break the ice. Yeah, but you'll probably find that you have to break the ice way more than once. Yeah, because kids might not naturally come to you with questions. Oh, no. But yeah. that doesn't mean that you don't have to talk about it, well, right? Just, the easiest thing to get in the habit of, and this is anytime you're talking with, with, with kids, with students, whatever, on any kind of serious note, is you address the serious note once, and they break, and they go, okay, I, I do want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And you have a really good night of conversation. Yeah. And then it never happens again. <laughs> um, because, And it's, again, it's because, yeah, they're going to close off again. And that's sure. that's normal. I wouldn't necessarily say it's good, but it is normal. And so your job as the parent is going to be, you know, get that ice pick out and break the ice mm-hmm. over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. Well, and especially like, I mean, John, you had said earlier, it's like they're going to continue to get it from the world too. And so you're almost in an uphill battle oh, in yeah. some fronts um, of, of, yeah, having to continually speak. Yeah. truth and you know i would i would go as far as say you're always in an uphill battle yeah my guess is most parents out here including myself will never struggle with the problem of talking about sex too much with our kids <laughs> yes. you know what i mean <laughs> so yep. i guess i'll yep. just give that cap because you might think how much is too much well 
I just think regular healthy conversation that you, you talk about them with other things on a normal basis anyway. Right. How was your day? How are things going with your friends? If this can be kind of a natural thing yep. and it's and it's expected, then that can open the door towards a lot of healthy dialogue. Oh, totally. Well, and I'll get more into that it, that later too. It's like these kind of, again, awkward conversations aren't reserved only for talking about sex, mm. right? You're going to have awkward conversations about, well, I mean, <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, Kids are awkward sometimes, it, right? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Mom. Um, well, and, and so, and then here's, so another point under that, um, under how, how to start the conversation, be honest. Um, mm. If this is something that makes you uncomfortable, you know what? It's actually okay to let your kids in on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, that's why we're going to get ice cream, buddy. You know, like this is yeah. not easy, you know, for either of us, but you know what? We got to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and. And, and honesty is king, man. Yes. Kids, you know, they have a sixth sense, like we were saying earlier, for whether or not you are being real with them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they respect it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they honored. I was talking to my roommate, and he was he still remembers. His dad barely even remembers. But he remembers a specific time in his childhood when his dad um, apologized to him mm. and his siblings. You know, saying something, I said something here, and this is... This was not good. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think, oh, don't show weakness. It's like, no, absolutely not. That was beautiful. They bonded even yeah. more. Oh my gosh. That. And he respected him. Yeah. Even at yeah. a young age. So yeah. question with that is how far, I mean, this is just on my mind. So I'm sure it's on the parents' minds too, of like, how far does that vulnerability go when it mm. comes to your own brokenness and what is appropriate and how, how do you engage your kids if they're, they're asking you questions about maybe some things that you are shameful or, or yeah. not, not, I mean, we can, we might talk about that more. Yeah. Um, but I think being prepared for those types mm. of things too are, are, is helpful. Yeah. And this is not, it's not an emergency generally when you're thinking of this. So you should have a few days to prepare, I would say at least, but, but thinking through what are the things I could say and then praying over them, talking mm. with your spouse, again, yep. listening to mentor parents. I think there's great wisdom out there. And maybe you say, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about that section of my life just yet. And that is a type of humility. It's a humility. And then, but we say maybe it's reserved for a little bit later or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I think the Holy Spirit gives wisdom in that as well. I think a really difficult thing is um, that for a lot of parents out there, there, you know, you might not have come to the point where you've experienced full healing from a lot of the sexual brokenness you've experienced mm-hmm. in your yeah, life. Yeah. And you go, well, how in the world... Am I going to help this, you know, a teenager or whatever with their sexual yeah. brokenness when I still hurt so bad from what either has been done to me, what I did to someone, you know, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Um, and again, you can, you can, uh, that comes back to, you need the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need the community, the church, you need the mentor parents to go, I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Andrew, answer this. What about the parents who are listening, who their kids are older Mm. And they've never really talked about it. And maybe right now they're feeling some shame or guilt to say, like, I've dropped the ball. Yeah. Is it too late for me? Maybe I should just let my kids go to college. And I mean, how would you answer a parent who's in that situation? Well, there's you're not alone. First off, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not an uncommon experience. And two, it's never too late. You know, Mm. never. Um, I mean, the fact that, you know fact that you're where you are is, is proof that it wasn't too late for you right yeah um so in, in the same sense it's 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 not too late and i think i think but that might merit an apology 
yeah. um, in all honesty. And that'd be a hard one, right? You that'd mean be, apologize to your kids that absolutely. you haven't you haven't done yeah. this yet, yeah. But again, are they going to, you know, disrespect you for that? Like, no. Yeah. Like, they are going, you know, they will thank you for that. It might be a little bit more awkward if yeah. you've never had the conversation before. Yep. It, it probably will. It will be. It will be. But is it worth it? Totally. Yeah. And I don't think I know anything that bonds kids and their parents together more, especially in um, later years, is when the parents and the kids both have a pretty clear picture of the past mm-hmm. and they make their apologies to each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, for kids that ends up being something on the lines of, oh my gosh, mom, I treated you so poorly. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Right. And for parents, that could be something uh, uh, on a similar tier, a similar caliber. I'm so sorry we never brought this up. I should have. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. Yeah. You know, and those kind of things, those don't only bond parent to student um, or kid, but they bond people to people, you know. Yeah. We need to be people who are ready to admit, mm-hmm, I... I messed up. Yeah, I let's messed own up. it. Yeah, and and but it's not to not to beat you over the head with it. It's not to self shame yourself or anything like that. It's because that's the way you go forward. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we are we are Christians for a reason. We are forgiven in yeah. Jesus, and we need to act like it. Amen. And we can't experience forgiveness for something we ignore, mm-hmm. something we don't confess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say that. Like that is that like, that is redemption. You know, shown through through all of it. So not only in in Christ, but like just with each other and and that we can have that humility to move towards each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Good word. Yeah, man. Um lastly on the on the starting the conversation um kind of topic, um I I have said uh there can't be any off limits topics. Mm. Um and now you're saying John maybe there's something that maybe we is reserved for a later time, right? Well, and and of course with with children there are things, you know, uh, 10 years old some things are off limits on purpose yeah you know, sure. don't need okay. to protect them but but meaning that here's here's what's likely kids kids deal with stuff and if they don't feel this will come up again later but if they don't feel like they can talk to you about it they won't mm-hmm. yeah they'll learn that you're not a trusted person absolutely. right? absolutely yeah so if something is off limits um the only way that that's a good thing is if it's off limits for now but it w- we're we're going to come to it, yeah. you know, but if it's something where it's you, you're not talking about that. Like that's not, you know, whatever. Then or this principle in our household is we don't talk about that. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the worst is, you know, yeah. Well, whether it, spoken or unspoken, we don't cover that. You know, the saddest thing is kids will not talk. Kids will not share that part of you anymore. Right. Or part of themselves with you anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes to um, um, how you, how you continue the conversation. So John, you've been saying it the whole time. It's not the talk. It's multiple talks, conversations. It, it's the ongoing dialogue between you and your kids has to include this. Mm. Um, and this is where we have some really neat resources we can um, um, uh, put in the show notes for yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, I saw this great article by Covenant Eyes. There are primarily an app that's mm-hmm. dedicated to helping um, people battle pornography. Yeah. Um, mm. That can, you know, uh, um, watch their phones and stuff and, and, and keep these things from popping up and accountability with other Christians. It's, it's great. It's a great sure. thing. Awesome resource. Um, they had an article talking about when and how do you have the talk and ongoing. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of copy some of the stuff that I learned from them. Perfect. Um, the first and most important thing that they said was that this, this conversation changes with age. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I would really go look this up. Um, it's in the show notes. Go look at it. Um, from ages zero to about five mm-hmm. kids are so literal that mm-hmm. as a matter of fact you know 
they're they're um they're emotional kids for sure but when they're learning things it's it's very matter of fact it's very little and so that's actually a really good time to begin giving them um um good vocabulary for for things proper words to understand something because again body parts and stuff yep yeah exactly um again they'll learn it from somewhere else if they don't learn it from you yeah that's right um then uh on i found this really interesting the the kind of main stages it's I, i think it says that um you learn to talk about these things with your kids don't even start in a sexual place this is so cool it starts with with being able to talk about desire in general, mm-hmm. non-sexual desire, mm-hmm. um, because your kids will want to share with you their desires. Sure. And if they don't feel comfortable sharing their desires with you, or if they feel like their desires are going to be dismissed, mm-hmm. then why would they share their sexual desires later down the road with you? Yeah. They, yeah. they wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he, if little Billy um, <laughs> hates baseball, you know, mm-hmm. and you love baseball, and he never gets a say in however that plays out, then he's going to learn um, accidentally, really, learn yeah. that I can't, sh- my desires aren't worth being talked about. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if even it even went down to this on the article. It said if, if the kid never gets a chance to pick his own clothes even. Right. Um, that's actually, a, that can be a pretty big deal for kids too because um, they don't get the opportunity to like, ex- you know, express what I want to do yeah, um, healthy manifestations of the desires, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. Now, if if you just give a kid everything he wants, that would be horrible, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, there should be some parameters, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But the kids need to feel able from a from a really young age um, to express their just just their desires. Yeah. Now, as they grow up, that'll kind of change into you know, uh, oh, I like Susie, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now you might start to call that a sexual desire, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not a mature one it, it's a small it's 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 a kid thing but that's a good step that's actually something now we've moved into the territory of of moving from talking about desire to talking about sexual desire mm-hmm. and as they grow older um the last pit stop would be sexual struggle mm. um where if a, if a kid feels um comfortable to share their sexual struggles with you that is a massive win mm. yeah. and that's how the conversation develops at a young age the conversation is about desire and it moves on to be sexual desire. And then um, when more things are available to them, and then it becomes about sexual struggle. Yeah. Um, there are a couple tips here with continuing that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, is one, to op- ask open-ended questions um, and always support healthy sexual desire. And what I mean by that is um, there's, this, there's this old nursery rhyme, you know, I saw... Uh, what is it like, Susie and Tommy sitting in a tree? What yeah. is it? Keep going. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Yeah, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Susie with a baby carriage. You know, whatever. It's I don't know if anyone says that anymore. I'm dating oh, I'm myself sure a little bit. Uh, whatever. You were homeschooled, so it would have just been you and Brandon and Probably. Emily. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> but we heard it too much. But yeah. here's what yeah. we learned from that. And it is silly. It's super silly. Right. But the point is, if something gets made fun of, kids stop talking about it. And so, because it becomes a source of shame, right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, that if you sense. like someone, let's say you're, let's say you're seven years old, and you start to have an attraction to this other little seven-year-old girl in your first grade class, um, and you mention 
something about her and your siblings or your parents go, ooh, you know, and, yeah. and make it too big of a deal. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever, that kid can experience a ton of shame from that. And what are sure. they going to instantly learn? I'm not bringing that up with you. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where it starts. Um, that moves on to, to just, um, this is, this is just good practice in life, but, and I, it's, it's worded very, um, rigidly, but I think it's, I think it's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, second point or third point, I don't know where we're on. Never speak, never speak carelessly about sexuality and especially not about sexual struggles. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean you can't speak about them, but mm-hmm. never allow yourself to speak careless, carelessly, mm-hmm. um, you know, slap your wrist constantly on this. And one. I think that has to do not just with talking to your kids directly, but just conversations you're having on exactly. the phone with your girlfriend, like mom and girlfriend they are talking about you, like, yeah. Oh, did you hear about blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, that's a great point that we, I mean, we do, do have to as yeah. leaders and as parents know what we're talking about and what, what is our attitude towards sexuality all the time? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a, um, I have a friend who has a specific um, sexual struggle. We don't need to go into it or anything. But he told he told me about a time where he um, he had another friend who had the same struggle and went down the road um, with it. And he told his parent about it. And the parent said, oh, no. You know, and showed yeah. this, this weightiness to it and this like, oh, that's horrible. That's so bad. You know, and he's like, well, I'm not talking to you about this. Right. You know, um, and... Is it was it horrible and bad? Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 my friend, you know, agreed. Mm-hmm. But but the reaction the reaction makes makes him feel like I don't feel safe mm-hmm. sharing this. Yeah, um, and that comes down to you know, and maybe maybe this is another one of those areas where it's like, oh shoot, you know, I I haven't been um, careful about this yet, and then we go back to what we said earlier. It's you know, like well, that probably merits an apology. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I think um, I've seen in student ministry when um, you tell the kids, you know, hey, we need to be, we need to be careful with what we say. We need to be, you know, we we cannot make gay jokes. Right. That mm-hmm. is not okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what does that communicate to a, a kid that joins our small group that's struggling? Yeah. Right. You right. know, that communicates. Well, I can't open up to these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I, I'm not safe here. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for same goes for parents. Yeah, for anybody really. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's two natures to that: the proactive side, right, where you're preparing your kids. How do we look at these things? And we'll talk more about maybe some of those distortions next time. But the other one is the responsive, and say how can we in, engage that subject in a healthy way, right? right? And right. again, always making ourselves safe spaces for our kids to talk about things. And so that's. That's so, so utterly important. So that might even cause us as parents to be thinking about, are there areas that I need to confess to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Areas that I've been callous in the way I've talked about sex or joked about it or even mm-hmm. demeaned people with certain struggles and uh, and start there confessing to the Lord. And if I've done it in front of my kids, I need to confess to the kids too. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. So, can we talk too about like what about the parent who did have the first talk? They started the conversation, and then it went terribly, like awkward and uncomfortable. You still, you still have to continue the conversation, and so I don't know. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Of like, man, it is gonna. It, sometimes it's it's just gonna be tough, and it's not you. It's not you that's making it tough too. I think that's the yeah. other the flip side of it. Sometimes 
the conversation just can go or like oh yeah fine sure okay thanks yeah how do you have that second conversation after that's the first conversation sure and there's wisdom also going along with that care to say we could do greater damage to our kids by forcing them sure. no you will sit down and we are going to talk about all every of, tuesday all of these, we're going to sit and talk yeah, about this. i'm going to make it very uncomfortable and and it's going to be just not pleasant and it might have the opposite effect on them mm. and so you need to read your kid as well and understand that if you've not had the this openness and this conversation and all of a sudden you're trying to start it it is going to take time and you mm-hmm. might have to do very bite-sized chunks you might have to figure out if is there a better time of the day a lot of times kids are much more open and wanting to talk late at night mm-hmm. which is not very convenient for parents <laughs> But get used to yeah, it. For, for the for the greater good, it might be saying, okay, we're going to stay up a little bit later because now is the time yeah. that you're open and you want to talk. And so just prayerfully considering that. But I would say, Kara, it's never a parent's excuse to say, well, my kid doesn't really want to talk about it. I tried. And so I'm just giving up. Yeah. Now I would I say there's grace here for you as a parent. Mm. And this is where come to a mentor parent, come talk to me or Kara and Andrew let us pray with you. We're happy to give insight and advice. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is something that you as a parent, I would say that you're going to be the primary voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, modeling for your kids. Yeah, and I, so that's an important thing. And yeah. what an exciting thing, too. That's a great honor. It's frightening and exciting <laughs> all at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It really it, is. It definitely should be. But yeah, just know that you're not a- alone in it. Correct. either like we, yeah. like the leaders i mean just even leaders outside of the youth group that are in the church other other people that can speak into your kids life because sometimes it does come better from other but to from other adults or or people that you trust but ultimately i think what our point or our our conversation that we want to have with parents is that it is your responsibility you are the primary mm-hmm. discipler of your kid and so this stuff should come from you and especially at a young age um starting the conversation early too um is is so helpful and we've seen such great uh i don't know if we can say that we've seen such great um outcomes with it but it just makes so much sense that 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 would be come from the parents that's right and a little caveat i mean we're we're saying that you as parents are responsible this is a god-given responsibility for you to engage your kids that doesn't mean we as the church don't talk about it. Right. Obviously, in youth group, in small groups, we want to do things where we talk about dating, we talk about relationships, we talk about sex, but um, we want that to be supplementary to what parents are already doing at home. Absolutely. Yeah. And we want to give resources yeah. to parents at home uh, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, the, so. the best we can be is a supplement. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, under continuing the conversation, um. Uh, this is not just for parents alone. This is for anybody, really, but especially parents. Is to be, we need to become constant researchers. Mm. Mm. Um, again, the world's going to be doing the work for them, if you will, with giving them new things to be concerned about, yeah. to struggle with. Always, it will always be that way. It's always been that way. Maybe now more so than in certain past generations. Or in and your all. face, yeah. Yeah, it's in your face, but but that means we get the opportunity. And the responsibility to be constant researchers. Yeah. 
Um, again, we have lots of resources available um, mm-hmm. for you. There's many great ones I can think off the top of my head now, even um, the Culture Translator being one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. John will send that out on an email every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they stay up to date on what's going on in the world. And and the, this new TV shows out here. It talks about this. Here's what they're saying here. Here's yeah. how this does or does not fit into a biblical worldview. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. being constantly ear to the ground on that is hard, but it's necessary. Yes. Again, yeah. kids know right away when you aren't living in their world. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're not living in the real world, but their world is going to shift and change from yours as they grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if they have they have access to a phone, you know, they're going to be hearing things that you aren't. Yeah. Um, they're going to be seeing things that you aren't. I mean, I could think of even even right now, there are, uh, this will be for another episode, but there are, you know, multiple things um, that aren't even on the horizon anymore that are here that are speaking into kids' lives mm-hmm. sexually, mm-hmm. Um, TV shows especially. Um, and they're already there. Yeah. And I think we have to know what they're about. Yeah. That doesn't mean we have to go watch them. <laughs> right. But we need to be able to say, I know this exists out there. We can talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it even be learners from our kids. Absolutely. What are you? You know, if you have that trust built, then you can ask them, "What have you been seeing lately?" Or mm-hmm. if you all are watching a movie and there's something that happens in the movie, pause and, and say, "Let's talk about that for a moment." Right. You know. Absolutely. So. Um, and and do your best not to give them a uh, a strange face when they tell you something <laughs> you didn't want to hear. Yeah, be slow to speak. <laughs> yeah. It's that quick to listen, slow to speak, slow mm-hmm. to become angry. It's just like, don't show shock or surprise too quickly. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they also will see, oh, you're not a safe person. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. Super tough. Very tough. But yeah, constant researchers. I mean, uh, there are so many good, um, just quick, a couple quick Google searches even can help you out so much yeah. with the constant and current sexual struggles that are going on in our That's teens, right. teens and kids' lives today. That's right. Um, and obviously, look at the show notes. We have a bunch there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we I, thank you for sharing that, Andrew. I think um, again today we we just wanted to start the conversation with you. You might be wondering about what about all the distortion stuff? What about porn? What about premarital sex? What about all social media, movies, TV shows? That's what we'll be talking about next week. And uh, really getting into a little bit more of the statistics and things that you need to prepare to talk about. But we really want you to paint the right picture of sex because that's going to be the most beautiful thing is this is God designed, right? This mm-hmm. is this is God's intention. And if kids have this in their mind from an early age, both the biology of their bodies, but also the spirituality of their bodies, their call from God... If they have those things, I think that there is going to be a great advantage for them, sexually speaking, as they grow older and have to encounter all of that negative stuff because the negative stuff is everywhere. So again, we want to help you as parents. We want to resource you. Please check out the show notes. Uh, Email us if you have any questions, but we would love for you to get the conversation started if you haven't. And if you have started it, we hope that you can continue it. So let me close us in prayer. I want to pray for you as parents and leaders out there and know that we are on your side. We are for you and we want to encourage you. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this topic of sex. And although probably each one of us, either speaking today or listening, uh, has a different concept that comes to mind when we talk about the topic of sex and our, and our kids' 
um, we realize that sex is a good thing and that the world has distorted it in so many ways. And there's just brokenness because of the fall. Father, help us to receive from you the good things that you have for our minds and hearts as we do research, as we think about how to convey your giftedness, your gifting of sex, your goodness of sex, how we can convey that to our kids and help them realize that this is a beautiful gift and it's a beautiful reminder of our relationship with you, our union with one another, with husband and wife, and just this blessing of multiplication of having kids. And so we know that it's natural, it's beautiful, and I I just pray over the parents now that they would have an encouragement in their hearts and a joy in their minds to be able to engage that conversation with their kids. I pray for the kids that their hearts would be open, that they'd be honest with their parents, that they would ask real questions, and that an ongoing conversation could happen in the homes of the families at Grace so that you would be glorified, so that kids would be shepherded in their hearts and have a right view of sex. And through that, that they would be able to avoid the distortions of sex that our society wants to throw at them. And so we realize this is a sensitive topic, but it's such an important topic. And so bless these parents as they go, help them to be creative in their approach. And we pray that you would be glorified through this. We thank you, Lord, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, stay tuned for the next episode where we'll get even more in-depth with all the stuff. (laughs) But yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Teleos. We hope it helped you on your disciple-making journey. If you know anyone else that might benefit from the conversations here, we'd love for you to share it with them. You can find Teleos anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more or get a hold of us, visit our website at gracepress.org/student. That, along with all the other resources you heard about in this episode, can be found, as always, in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Teleos.